But let's turn back to that passage that we looked at today. And we're going to look at something what I've named this morning. It's called, what, on, what in the World is Going On? What in the world is going on? Mm. And in Matthew 13, Jesus uh, was teaching people parables. I don't know whether you know what a parable is. But when I was younger, when I was, uh, as, as some of you children's age, I was told a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And really that's, that's a good way of saying that, that Jesus used earthly stories that had a deeper spiritual meaning. Just like we did this morning, you know, where we, we taught about Frank and Bobby. And we sort of used them as a story to tell you about Jesus. And but Jesus used things that were around about. So maybe, maybe uh, this morning I would have talked about uh, the, the leaves that are here that have turned to an autumn colour. It's got colder, hasn't it? Or, or the lights that are around us. Jesus would use things that are around about him uh, to teach the people. And so uh, we heard about how he spoke about a farmer who was sowing seeds. And I'm sure in the distance they could see uh, the farmer out in his field. Or they could see the, the fishermen with their drag net, dragging it around the fish uh, to bring in the catch. Or they would notice the field uh, where, where actually there was, there was treasure. Or the pearl of great price. Jesus taught all of these parables to teach people about the kingdom of heaven. What is God really like? And what is he looking for? And so this morning we, we see a man who sowed good seed in his field. And if you, if you sowed good seed in your field, what would you expect? A good harvest, wouldn't you? You'd expect a good harvest. Now today, I don't know whether you know anything about farming, do you? I keep on getting, getting told I was a townie. My wife was brought up on a farm. But today things have got bigger. The machinery's got bigger. And you need a big massive star to, to tell you all about farming, don't you? You ever heard of Jeremy Clarkson? Do you know him? Well, he does all sorts of things. Who wants to be a millionaire and all that sort of thing? But he, he, he's, got a, he's got a series of, it's called Clarkson's Farm. And he does all these mad things with, with machinery. But in that, it shows him using a, a big massive machine to put the seeds in the ground. Of course, he ploughed he plowed the, the furrows, first of all. He made sure the ground was ready. He, he, he then put the seed in, but he put it in wrong, didn't he? He says, when it comes to harvest time, they're going to see the big patch that you missed. Every farmer, when they sow seeds, they're looking for a good harvest. Every preacher, every preacher who preaches the Bible is looking for a good harvest. People to listen, people to, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And really this morning, I ask you to listen carefully. Listen to how this parable speaks and what Jesus is telling people. Because the Bible tells over and over again that we're not a mistake, we're precious. The Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God made you. And he made you to know him. So what in the world has gone wrong? Well, I've got three little things to tell you this morning uh, to, to make you, help you to understand what has happened in our world. And here's the first of them. Here's the first one. That actually, good and evil exist in our world. Can't you tell that? Even if you didn't come to church, you could tell that good and evil exist in the world. 
that there are there there is wheat and there's tares. Uh, there there are there are two kingdoms in this world. There's the kingdom that just gets on with it and doesn't think about God, and and, and you might be part of that kingdom. Or there's a kingdom that says, I want to worship God and know him, and I can do because of Jesus. And we need to see that actually there's good and evil in the world. Do you see what happened in this parable? That, that the Son of Man, Jesus, was sowing the good seed in the field of the whole world. <clears throat> not just in Israel, not in Jerusalem, uh, just the whole world. In all the world, Jesus was sowing seeds uh, for wheat, that there'd be a harvest of people who would believe in him. And then at night, under the co cover of darkness, while his men slept, you see other seeds were sown that were tares, that were weeds. I wonder, let's not divorce ourselves from, from this man. Because we can think that, that actually um, other people are good or other people are evil. But can you spot evil and wickedness and sin in your own life. So sometimes we, that we say, no, I'm, a, I'm quite a good person. I helped that little lady across the road. You know that lady with the stick? And she was going so slow that she could beat the cars down the road. I'm a good person, really. That's what the Bible says. This isn't some reality. Because when God speaks, he speaks true. Romans chapter 3 says this, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who understands. Uh, there is none who seeks after God. They've all together become unprofitable. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throat is an open tomb. <coughs> With their tongues they, they practice deceit. The poison of snakes is in their tongue. mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So at times we can say, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. And we stand back and say, I'm, a, I'm really good. The Bible says, actually, we have all sinned. We've all gone against God. We've all done our own thing. We've all got that letter I in that word sin. It's all about me. And actually, good and evil don't exist just outside of us. From our very hearts, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks and reveals what's in us. And I wonder, what's in you this morning? Uh, do you see that good and, good and evil exist? But actually, they exist in your life. Now, why? Why do good and evil exist in, in our lives? But I need to back up even further. I need to go right back to the, to the book of Genesis. Remember Genesis? the beginnings, to go right back to see what, what God has done. In the very beginning, what does it say in the Bible? God created the heavens and the earth. He, he created everything. And what did the Bible say about everything that was made? It was good. In fact, it was very good. What does that mean? It was perfect. <coughs> there was no sin. There was no rebellion against God. There was Adam who was made first uh, out of the dust of the ground. And, and then there was Eve who was made uh, out of Adam's rib. And we find that here was the first couple married together before God. And they enjoyed God's presence. They were in a beautiful garden that Adam even named all the animals. And then God said one thing to them. 
I want you to live in this garden, but I want you to, to obey me. I want you to have, have, have faith and obedience that come together. You know what God said? You can have every tree that you want, every fruit of the tree, every bit of fruit and every other tree apart from the one that will reveal to you the knowledge of good and evil. And that tree, in disobeying God, you would know good and evil. And so we can work out what happens that actually sin entered the world through one man. Adam sinned. And, and sin spread to all men because all men have sinned. And following that, it says death. And death spread to all men. So now we can make sense of I was made in the image of God and he made everything perfect. But I've got a problem because sin has entered the world and ever since Adam, we find everyone who has come from Adam has, has been born in sin. Let's think about it. Cain and Abel. What happened there? I, I remember how to, how, to, how to try to remember who brought an offering to God. Cain bought cabbages. Cain, see, Cain brought cabbages. He brought the fruit, the work of his own hands, and he offered it to God, and God said, well, it's good, but it's not right. And, and Abel brought the animals. And he sacrificed an animal to God, and, and it was a sweet-smelling aroma to God, and he worshipped God like that, and it was accepted. But do you remember what Cain did? The one who brought the cabbages? He rose up, and he killed his brother. Now these were the children of Adam and Eve. And sin was in them. And sin is in all men. Every single one of us. Good and evil exists. But it exists in our lives. And what can we do with it? Because Adam and Eve were guilty, weren't they? And what did Adam and Eve do when they knew their guilt? The Bible says they looked at themselves. They saw that they were naked. And they were embarrassed. I praise the Lord that we all would close on. Because we would all be embarrassed, wouldn't we? You want, no, 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 don't ever. That's what it was right in the beginning. It was innocence, but then it was broken because of sin. And then what did Adam and Eve do? Because they knew they were guilty. Yeah. They not only got close for themselves, so in fig leaves, but they hid from God. I wonder this morning, are, are we a little bit like, like Adam and Eve? We're, we're far too long we've hidden from God in our guilt, knowing that we're not right with him. We've, we've kept away from him, thinking, thinking that, 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 that God doesn't see where we are. God knew exactly where Adam and Eve were. And he came into the garden, and he, he says, Adam, where are you? He knew exactly where he was. God said, I have to put you out of the garden so that you, you don't eat of the tree of life and be condemned forever. God was being gracious. But away back there in Genesis 3.15, he also says that, that he's going to send a rescuer. Here's the great news. That actually, knowing that there's sin in my heart, knowing that I, I, I'm just like Adam and Eve, I go my own way, knowing that I'm embarrassed and full of guilt, knowing all those things, I need an answer to that. And there's only one answer the perfect man, the one who came, the one who came to us. And let me, let me quote you a little hymn. And it says this, O loving wisdom of our God, when all was sin and shame, 
a second Adam to the fight and to the rescue came. Oh, why is this love that flesh and blood which did in Adam feel should strive against the foe, should strive and should have prevailed? There was a second Adam to the fight. Now we know his name, don't we? You know his name, boys and girls. Who's this second Adam? What's his name? The perfect man who lived a perfect life. What's his name? That's the very one. It's Jesus, the Lord Jesus, who, who, was, who came into the world, was conceived by the Spirit of God, and he was born to Mary. So he didn't have a fallen nature like you and I, but he came in human flesh. He had flesh and blood like you and I. He had a pulse like you and I. He, he was the God-man, and he lived that perfect life so he could die for us on the cross. There was no sin in him. But like we told with the children, God made him to be sin. Not a sinner, but sin. The totality of sin. But he would die for all of those who would believe in him. You see what men did with Jesus who was perfect? What did they do to him? They crucified him. Now I think if, if the Lord Jesus came even this morning... Uh, appeared here, we, we, would, we would say, no, I don't, want, I don't want to listen to you. You're telling me that everyone is un, 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 unclean and unrighteous, and you're telling me that, that, that actually I'm off with God. I can't stand that. That's, that's the reaction to the bad news of the gospel. It's, it's a natural reaction. You don't like, being, don't like being told that we're off with someone else. Then we should listen to the good news. That truly Christ can make us right with God and right with everyone else around us. But there's an answer to my sin and my guilt. It's found in Jesus, the one who died for all of my sin. That's the first thing. Now the next two points, they're very short. They're shorter than that. Okay? Because I've explained to you the, the good news of the gospel. I've explained to you about how we were made, how the world has gone wrong, and how we all need a Savior. But let me, let me give you some news, because the second thing that we see in this parable, and we're reminded by Jesus, that good and evil will exist until Christ returns. And Christ will come back. Christ will put an end to the world. It will be finished. Uh, Peter tells us that it will be burnt up. It will be that final act. And, and the parable that Jesus tells, he says, that that actually he has sown the, the, the good seed and the wheat has grown up. But also, did you notice what we were reading together, that also the tares grew, grew up as well, side by side? And we find this, that, that actually the servants come and say and ask the question, did you not sow good seed? Of course he sowed good seed. Jesus always sows good seed. But then how on earth do we have the tares? And, and we get the, the answer, an enemy has done this. Someone who wants to spoil and to destroy. Who would want to spoil and destroy God's world? Who would want to destroy your life and keep you where you are this morning? Let me give you a clue. Do you know what it says in John chapter 10? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and in and find pasture. Listen to this now. Verse 10 of John 10. The thief does not come except to steal 
and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Now, Jesus tells us in this parable that the enemy, the devil, has come and he has sown all the seeds of wickedness all over the field of the world. And we can see, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work it out, that there's good and evil everywhere in the world, but actually it's in me. And what do we do? Well, we have to let the weeds and the, and the wheat grow up together. Now, if I, if I brought a picture to, you, picture to you this morning of my front garden, there are these wonderful flowers. They're, they're bright orange. They're lovely. What a wonderful color. Orange. Wonderful color. And they're all over the front garden. In fact, I should have cut them before September, before the end of, the end of summer. But there they are. They're still there this morning as we get into the car. Lovely orange flowers. That's until you understand that they're not flowers. They're actually weeds. And I've let those weeds grow in my garden. And instead of just being in one little corner of the garden, they're everywhere. In fact, they came from the back garden and have migrated to the front garden. What, what, what am I to do with those? Because leaving the weeds in the ground and not uprooting them will have an effect on the grass. And in this parable, Jesus, Jesus is asked, uh, he says, do you want us to gather in those, those tares and pull up the weeds? Normally, we're told, get rid of, rid of all the weeds, get rid of everything. Because actually, how can they grow together? And here Jesus says in this parable, both wheat and tares will grow together until he comes back, until he closes off time. So this morning, let's put that into our language. Even in this church this morning, there are going to be those who, who are God's people, who truly know and love him and have trusted in Jesus. And there are going to be those who don't. In the visible church. Because I can't see right into your heart. I can't see what's inside you. But I tell you of someone who can. God sees everything. Now, in our world, uh, we see all sorts of different types of people, don't we? Those who are charitable, those who give all their money to someone else, those who are mean and selfish, those who get on with life to try their best, others who call themselves good living, others who go to church. But the Bible says that there's only actually two sets of people, those who believe in Jesus and those who don't. And both Christians and non-Christians live side by side. And the Christians are to, to shine as lights in, in amongst all the darkness. That's, that's our job. That's, that's our job description, to be salt and light in this world. We're to exist to show off the glory of God in our lives. I wonder, do you do that, dear Christian? Do you do, you do that when you do your work in school? You do it to the glory of God. You do your best. Do, do you do it when you go to work, uh, when, you're, when, when it's uh, something mundane? You, you, clean the, the, you clean the office the, to the best ability you can. You, you preach to the best ability you can. You prepare everything properly because you want people to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, Jesus tells us in this parable that, that actually we are to shine now and also then to be in heaven and to, and to, to be in glory with our Savior. And yet there are going to be those around us who misunderstand us, 
those who think they're good, and, but they're not godly. And we need to know that actually we are all in the same boat. We've all sinned. There's none of us who are good. And we all need Jesus Christ. Do you realize that, that you need Jesus Christ this morning as your Savior? Because there's only one Savior. There's no one else who could, who's died for your sins. There's no one else who's loved you. There's no one else who has made a way possible for you to be right with God and to be with him in heaven. You see, good and evil uh, will exist until Christ returns. And then one last thing to see, because we need to be aware of this last thing, that actually in this parable that Jesus taught, we're going to find that God needs to deal with good and he needs to deal with evil. Jesus says, behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. The reward for all those who know and love Jesus is that we're with him forever. He's loved us and given himself for us and will be with him in heaven. He's prepared a place for us and he wants us to be where he is. And so the, the good is that the God's people go to be with him. But do you, did you read what we, we heard in this parable? The son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all the causes of sin and all the lawbreakers and he will throw them into a fiery furnace. Oh, there's terrible news for those who don't know Jesus. All those who are gathered ready for heaven by the angels and, and they're going to go into the kingdom of heaven. Oh, there's bad news that God will gather all of those who never knew him and are still shaking their fist at him saying, I don't want you. And so he says, okay. If you don't want me, you need to understand this, that God must punish sin. And either Jesus has died for your sin on the cross, and he's paid the penalty, and he's taken your place, either he's done that, or you're going to pay for your own sins. The Bible makes it clear there's a coming judgment. It's very sad, isn't it? But there's a heaven to gain, and as I heard it as a young man, there's a hell to shun. We can say, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go against God. I want to know him and love him for myself. What a wonderful thing he can do. And Jesus teaches us. He tells us God can deal with your sin. He's dealt with it at the cross where Jesus died. And so if you were to appear before God this morning, what would you say? What would you say? Oh, you know, I've heard many people say, well, if I want to appear before God, I'll tell them I'm a good person, you know. It's not going to get you to heaven. Romans, Romans 3, there is none righteous, no, not one. You can't just say that. You can't rock up to heaven and say, oh, let me in. I'm, I'm, I'm a good boy, you know. No, God will say, what have you done with Jesus Christ, my son? What have you done with him? He's the important one. He's the one who knew no sin. And so both the wheat, the sons of the kingdom, and the tares, the sons of the wicked one, are gathered together. And which bundle are we, are we really in? Because there's coming a day where we'll give an account of our lives. Just like a man I heard of, and his name, he's a young man, his name was Alexander. And there was a battle going on. And Alexander the Great had sent his armies out. And they found this other boy called Alexander hiding behind a stone. 
Did you ever do that? I'm going to hide. If I did that, I'd hide behind the stone and jump out on my mum and dad. But that's just, that's just the, the, what's in me. I'm cheeky like that. You wouldn't do that, would you? You wouldn't hide in your mummy and bounce out of the room, would you? That's what, that's what I would do. But Alexander was hiding behind a stone, and they got him because he was hiding from the battle. And they brought him before, before Alexander the Great on his great throne. And Alexander said to him, what do you think you're doing? And what is your name? <laughs> so Alexander the Great asked Alexander, what's your name? He says, my name is Alexander. And Alexander the Great came down from his throne and he said this to this man, young man, either change your ways or change your name. Because he's letting down the name of Alexander. He should have been a man of courage. And really, if you're playing about with, with, with actually being a Christian, you think you're a Christian, you're playing about with that name. There's lots of people who do that. Even the Jehovah's Witnesses do that. We're Christian. You're not. You don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who came in the flesh and died for our sins, that he is the eternal Son of God. You must change your ways and change your name. If you want to be a Christian, Christ is within you. Christ is your Savior. Christ who is the one who has died for you, and you're living for Jesus. No one's good enough on their own. And so what about you this morning? Going to be pointed because I think we need to be pointed in these days. What about you? Do you know that good and evil exist in the world? Do you see that they, they're existing side by side? And do you know that one day you'll stand before God and you'll give an account of your life? And what were you going to say? Well, can I tell you what I can, I can say? I, I've only got one, one, one thing I could say if I, when I stand before God. I can only say, He'll speak for me. Because I'll not stand alone. Because as real Christians, we have what's called advocate. There are lawyers. This is my advocate. He's going to speak for me. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the one who died for my sins. He'll speak for me. But will you have someone to speak for you? Or will you be all alone in the world and Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. See, Jesus was clear. There will be a, a, divi a division between the sheep and the goats. There will be a division between the righteous and the unrighteous. And the righteous, it says here, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And he who has ears, let him hear. Oh, God's been good to us. God can forgive us even this morning. God can be your savior and your friend. But will you trust him? Will you listen to his voice? Something's gone wrong in our world. In fact, something's gone wrong in your, your heart and mine. And only Jesus can, can change us and make us right before God.